0: Welcome to another episode of This Game Where, with me, Ashley, and... Me, Chris. Me, Chris. Me, Ted, Chris. It's I was
1: adjusting my microphone <laughs> at the same time, and it went too <laughs> oh, deep. Yeah. I can't concentrate on two things at once.
0: No, I knew that already. How are you? You alright?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: Very good. Very warm. It's boiling on the day well, that we uh, are recording this.
1: We're enjoying a lovely beer, aren't we? I thought we weren't
0: mentioning that.
1: Why? We're I adults. thought we were
0: going to like keep... Yeah. Just we one, are.
1: Just one beer's fine.
0: I thought we were going to keep it above board, you know, not mention the alcohol.
1: What, having one can of beer? You was...
0: just accused me of being drunk. I've had about a third of a can of beer.
1: Wow. Well. <laughs> maybe you yeah, are. I don't been... know what your tolerance is.
0: I have actually had a crate of beer in the house, though, rather than, because I, I never would normally, mm-hmm. but one of the first things that we did on the shopping was get some alcohol. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just to take the edge off the Makes it COVID. more tolerable, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. How much is left?
0: Well, I've replaced the crate, so... Mm, okay. Some. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Don't know. What does that mean? Um, there were, there were 12...
1: It's, it's been a few weeks now, hasn't it? It's fine.
0: It's been a couple... It's been a few months. Yeah, it has. March to April, May, June, July. We're into the fourth... The fifth month.
1: Oh, blimey, don't say that. How depressing. Yeah,
0: it's the fifth month. Oh, So, yeah.
1: What's the game we're doing today?
0: Well, I... I've been dancing around how to tease the game for you, but I've decided I'm not going to because it's too big and it's too obvious. So I'm just going to tell you what it is.
1: But we need to have this game where we need to stick to the format. Okay. Come on.
0: All right. The format. Okay. Yeah. So it's this game where you play as Super Mario and his brother (laughs) uh, for the third time in the series. What do you think? What do you think it
1: is? I'm assuming it's Super Mario Brothers 3 then.
0: It's Super Mario Bros. 3, yes. Great choice. Uh, how did you get that? How did oh, you get the... Wow,
1: just Darren Brown stuff.
0: Yeah, you've got the games up in that head.
1: I mean, I could be really panicky and say, is it the third time if you count Super Mario 2 as being a reskins, Was it Doki Doki Panic? But but I I don't think I need to be that panicky and split hairs that much. Well, it,
0: even if you were going to be panicky, the answer is still yes, it is. Because yeah. the only way that you could discount it as maybe calling it the fourth game is by saying that Super Mario USA came out uh... in... So Doki Doki Panic, the, yeah. the Super Mario Bros. 2, that wasn't actually the game that came out in mm. Japan. It was Super Mario Bros. 2, which was a, uh, like a harder version of Super Mario Brothers 1, which we then got later. On as the, the lost SNES, levels, wasn't it? As the lost levels, yeah. yeah. But, you know, either way, I think this is Super Mario Brothers 3, namely because it's on the front of the box.
1: I think we're okay with that, yeah, calling it that. Yeah. Great choice. Uh this is a fantastic Mario game. Uh, I'm very excited to play this. I haven't played this for a long time.
0: Yeah, this is one of maybe a handful of games that I had that I think was brand new. Right. Boxed. Boxed. With right. the instruction manual wow. and everything. It was amazing. And very special. Have you seen the box? Do you remember what the box looks
1: like? It's bright yellow with Mario with the Tanuki yeah. tail, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, like gliding along at mm. an angle.
1: Looking really Left chipper. to right.
0: Bottom left, top right. Looking yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was super.
1: I saw Tanuki at a zoo near where I live for uh, the really? first time about three or four years ago. I it's a Japanese raccoon dog
0: yeah I know what they are I've seen them in pictures but I've never seen one in real yeah, life yeah
1: so it's like based like a raccoon's body within dog legs they're really strange looking
0: is that down the road is that the one down the road no
1: no it's a rescue zoo it's all animals that have been rescued from different situations and then this these, uh, this family looks after them There's, did it used um, to be a parrot sanctuary no no it's not it's a not that one it's very close though so for example they've got a crocodile there that was the RSPCA in London had a a phone call about a family who were keeping this crocodile in their bathtub in a flat in London
0: jeez the things people do
1: I went there with my dad and my dad said to me where do they have a bath then I thought it was a very good question but where did the where's the, the family where if the Crocodiles live in their bath. Where were they bathing?
0: Uh, with the crocodile.
1: Oh, I, I'm not comfortable with that.
0: Maybe they just had little washes in the sink.
1: A step wash.
0: Is that what you call that?
1: Yeah, a little stab I under just, the armpit. and.
0: I just call it a wash. <laughs> mm, that's why I didn't I'm going to have center. a wash.
1: Mm. Hey? It's a little freshen up, isn't it? Just under the armpits, around face. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Why did
0: you call it a step wash? That's what i didn't step-toe concern. <laughs> Is it? I yeah. hated that. I I would turn it off as soon really as I...
1: Grufty old man, did the wash like that.
0: Yeah Grim. Getting back to the the good stuff, rather than talking about... Washing. ...step tones on. (laughs) Super Mario Bros. 3. It was on the NES. Came out, actually, over the course of about three years. It came out in 1988 in Japan. Right. Then, I think, 1990 in North America, and then 1991 in Europe and the UK. Why did it take
1: three years to come over here, then?
0: Well, that's, I think, just the way it was at the time, in terms of release schedules. They didn't really do worldwide releases, as far as I know. And that's just the way it was. I was I'm was. i interested in films as well, as you probably know. Yes. <laughs> but the listeners don't. I was doing a bit of research on films for something else that I was doing a few years ago, and the release schedules for films were similar. So you'd have like months and months and months wow. between fer- bit fairly normal films. Do you not remember this being the case?
1: No, not at all.
0: Even in 1995 or 1996 around there, so we're talking Toy Story here, there was a, a month or two between the releases, the North American release and the UK release.
1: I did not know Uh, that. To the
0: point where one came out in America, Toy Story came out in America one year, and then uh, the next year in the UK.
1: It was 95 over here, wasn't it? It was 96 here. Was it really? Yeah. Blimey. Yeah.
0: So it was, but it was only November or December 95 in America. Right. We take it for granted, the release schedules the way that they are now, but even for, for most of our childhoods, they were, you could be waiting for months and months and months. One of the strange things that that throws up is that actually because it came out 1991 here, Super Mario World, I think, I, I'm saying this and now I'm thinking I probably have m- misremembered this.
1: Did you not do your research?
0: I obviously did do my research, yeah, but Super Mario World came out prior to Super Mario Brothers 3 coming out here. So in Japan, Super Mario World was out, and we were still playing Super Mario Brothers 3, which is an interesting situation.
1: Yeah, it is. Both very, very good games.
0: They are. The other thing that I uh, didn't know that I found out from this is that Super Mario Brothers 3 went out to the arcades prior to going to home consoles. What? Which is almost like the release style of cinemas and home videos. I didn't know that at all.
1: What would be the possible point of playing in the arcade? Just to see how far I could you could get mean? on like twenty five P or whatever.
0: Yeah, well that's always the aim of playing it on an arcade, isn't it? If it was in the arcade unchanged, I could see that being a rather fair go, to be honest. Because you can get a fair way on the five lives that you get at the beginning of the level, at the beginning of the game.
1: Use the little whistle.
0: The warp whistle.
1: Yeah, which I fully intend to do when I play this.
0: Do you remember how to get them?
1: hundred percent, yes. Yeah. So good. I played this game a lot, despite not having a NES, because I think I've mentioned previously um yeah, yes, uh, Childminder. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who has uh, a, in her bedroom. Who had a NES in her bedroom, and she had this game. So pretty much every single evening after school, I played this game.
0: So my question is, because obviously I, I remembered the warp whistles, but I actually had to look up how to get them. Mm-hmm. Not the third one, but the first one. Now that I looked it up, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm i shocked that I...
1: Third one? Yeah, do you not know? Did you not so, know there were three? I know there's, there's one... In that level, we have to hold down on that white platform. Yeah. The second one, I can't remember off the top of my head how to get to it, but I always used it because it would then you'd then go to the second world and then walk from there to the eighth world. Is that right?
0: It's in a castle, and you get to the end of the first run in the castle. Yeah. And you get a tanuki suit from a box, and then you run to the end of you run past the door and you run back to get up speed and then you fly up into the ceiling of the castle yes and pass over the top of the the door it's sort of similar and probably a bit of a like a gesture towards super Mario brothers the original super Mario brothers in so much as you could use the little warp pipes after the in the second level first underground level isn't it yeah yeah um so yeah that's the second one and the third one is in the desert level on uh, the desert world, Sand World, I think it's Sandland, is what its real name is, I think. You get a hammer from a toad, I think, or maybe from beating. Do you remember the Hammer Brothers? Yes. So you might, it's either you get it from a toad or you get it from beating some Hammer Brothers. And then in the top right hand corner, there's a row of three rocks. And if you smash the rock in the, this is on the overworld, uh-huh. on Sandland, you smash the rock and then you can get into the other side of the map.
1: No, that doesn't sound familiar at all.
0: Right, I'll see if I can show you it while we're playing. Yeah, Because I think Sandland is the second second land.
1: Well, it always had a situation where I'd used the warp whistles towards to the last world and was then unable to get anywhere in the last world because it was so heinously yeah. difficult and I hadn't I honed never my skills by game. working up to uh, that point. No, exactly, I never did either. Yeah, I remember in the eighth world, there's a. it's very clever, the, the scrolling one on one of Bowser's battleships. Is it like a little truck thing trundling along or like a tank? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and the, the like camera train, sort of yeah, and the camera scrolls for you. And I always like levels like that because it's it it changes the gameplay, doesn't it? Because you're yeah, dictated so by the speed well of the camera.
0: Were, yeah, exactly. And there were moments where you really wanted to push ahead, yeah, but they, the camera was holding you back. And also moments where you felt like you were in jeopardy because there was bombs flying, but bombs, uh, bullet bills. Not bombs were they? Bullet bills, yeah. Uh, or bonsai bills, I can't remember the difference, but
1: Oh, is it the bully bills are the massive ones and bonsai bills are smaller? One of the two. Yeah. Um bad.
0: but they were flying around all over the screen and you were just stuck hemmed into the corner yeah. waiting for the yeah. camera to move. It, it was it was good. It was a good way of putting pressure on. So the warp whistle before um as you mentioned it, do you know um do you remember the tune?
1: No. I think if it will when we played it it'll give me well, Real I'm going to do my best
0: I, rendition of it because oh, it's right. okay. somewhat important. It goes...
1: Doo, doo,
0: doo, doo, like that. No. Nope. No? Nope. Okay. Well, the tune for that is actually the same tune for the magic flute in Legend of Zelda.
1: Wow.
0: And that that little tune has been used in subsequent Zelda games as well. Right. Okay. I can't remember what the tune is, but I've got the tune going around in my head. I'm not going to sing the whole thing. <laughs> But they took that little rendition from Zelda, from The Legend of Zelda, number one. Mm-hmm. They then extrapolated on it for future games. And there's a oh, whole good. suite of music.
1: So under the LinkedIn link to Mario production. and Zelda.
0: Yeah, which I really liked mm. when I found that out. It's Koji Kondo. Who exactly. did both games? Okay. Soundtrack man. Right, <laughs> Is that what you call him? Composer? Sound-
1: soundtrack man.
0: <laughs> yeah, soundtrack man. Ko- Koji Kondo, famous soundtrack man.
1: That's where Marvel are really scraping the barrel with their uh, extended universe, isn't it? Soundtrack man. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that film actually.
1: Um, <laughs> it was a double bill on
0: film four with Howard the Duck. So, uh,
1: have you yes, ever seen I, Howard I the Duck?
0: I have seen part oh. of Howard the Duck. Yeah, you know? oh. not great, is it? But no, it's not at all. Really, I think knows knows what they're getting into when they watch that. Yeah. So, yeah, Koji Kondo did the all of the music for this on his own as was the case oftentimes it seems because he did the same thing thing for the legend of zelda which when you sit down and think about it if you really do think about it the number of iconic pieces that have come out of just those two games definitely is insane and it was just one man just one one man tinkering away on his little keyboard
1: the that uses. uh treasure chest for me in Legend of zelda that's the almost like a pavlov's dog reaction it just it's it evokes such Makes happy you, memories
0: yeah can you do it for us or are you gonna be all shy
1: no i'm gonna be shy oh okay all right <laughs> do you want to do it you you no, step I in won't. on your one can of beer and you do it
0: i'm not even i'm not one can of beer in
1: all right less <laughs> than one can
0: May, maybe in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that I thought was quite an interesting thing. The other thing that I found out about this. So I was looking uh, the other day at all of the different enemies that are in this game, because it's quite marvelous, really. If you cast your mind back to the NES, if you look at things that we've played in the past, for example, like Gremlins or uh, Little Nemo, yeah. where the same models are used time and time again, and the same enemies are there for you to fight in various different uh, in various different guises in in different levels, but for all intents and purposes, the same enemy. Mm-hmm. Whereas Super Mario Bros. 3 seems to have this huge array of enemies that seem to have their own characters, really. I mean, I, I could try and list them all, but I've forgotten. I should have kept the list up, shouldn't I? So maybe we'll talk a bit more about that in the second half when I've had a time to grab my list.
1: Well... I know anecdotally, I was looking yesterday at the Lego Super Mario sets mm. and you can buy these little grab bags that have got enemies in to add into the yep. sets. And looking at these grab bags, there were, I might be misremembering this, but they all seem to be enemies from the Nez or Snez. Really? Said so there were, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the name of them are, they're little black ones that are in Super Mario World f- that follow wires that got like, little spidery-type creatures. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't know what they're called.
1: No. I know um, which ones you
0: mean, though. Like little uh, urchin, that type yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the best thing
1: than spiders, <laughs> yeah. Um, there were cheap cheeps, I think, are in there. And... Mm. I think a Boo was and a few other ones, but they all, they all seem to be well, more Boo. classic enemies.
0: Yeah, Boo's an interesting one. And that's what I was going to bring up because I was looking at all these enemies and there was just a slew of different types of enemy and lots of character to each of them. But obviously, Boo is quite a symbol for Mario games. Yeah. And I found out today
1: Is this the wife story? Uh,
0: the wife story.
1: Wife story.
0: No idea what that is.
1: Mm. So I remember reading once about how so booze are they when you face them on they cover their face and don't go near you when they turn you back on them they come towards you yeah and it was because one of the programmers it was to do with something about his wife that was really scary but when you confronted her she really shrank in on herself and it was uh, apparently a oh, homage or rip of that which i think is appalling if that's true personally
0: slightly yeah i didn't know that i and i certainly didn't find that out uh, what I found out was that they were called Boos, but actually in this game, they were called Boo Diddlies. Oh. That's their full name. They were called Boo Diddleys. I did not and know And they that. were, it was a homage to the rock star of the early, uh, well, the mid fifties into the sixties called Bo Diddly. Right. And so they were called Boo Diddlies in Super Mario Brothers 3. And then uh, for later iterations, they shortened it down to Boo. How is but it That's homage, where they got their name from.
1: How is it homage to him? Is it just that they're because called Because
0: his Boo- name him? is Bo Diddley. So um, that in the game boo. they were called Boo
1: Diddlys. That's very tenuous.
0: How's that? T- I mean, for one, what do you mean it's tenuous? Because well, that is just fact.
1: I mean, if I had a little guitar around it, then I could understand. But it's just a name, isn't it?
0: Oh my goodness me! So putting a cat like a, putting someone's name in a novel isn't isn't good <laughs> enough, is it not?
1: I just think it's just a bit. If mm, I, okay.
0: if somebody was writing a novel and they said, "Hey, Chris, I'd like to pay tribute to you by using your name for one of my characters," that wouldn't be enough for you.
1: I'll tell them to get stuffed, or at least I want <laughs> some royalties.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'll remember that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Next time you writing a novel.
0: If I, if if I was approached by Shigeru Miyamoto and he said, "Hey, Ashley." We want to call one of our characters Smashly. I'd be like, yay, that's nice. Thank you, Shigeru. I'll put you in my novel.
1: <laughs> my point is, was was Bo, did his family complicit with this, or did this happen unawares?
0: I think it probably happened unawares.
1: Not mm. oh, cool.
0: Like, I don't know that he... I, you don't have to give permission to people. If they want to say, oh, I like you, by putting your name into a game, then they can do it.
1: Well, it's like Chubby Checker, isn't it? Go buy him. He was a rock star, wasn't he, Chubby Checker?
0: Is that the link? Because that's no. dangerous.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> that was an, an app. <laughs> This is a disgusting story, especially where you're taking a swig of your beer. There's, there was an app called the Chubby Checker, and it was to do with how it measured the size of your, um, your old fella. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Why'd, why do you know about this? Because
1: the, he launched a lawsuit against them. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not surprised. P- p- please don't use my name <laughs> for that app. And I, oh my, my point God. is, if was both really happy with the fact that they called a ghost after him. You know, it's not the most a, flattering. A white of,
0: ghost as well.
1: Oh, well, exactly. It gets into rocky territory, doesn't it, here?
0: A little bit, yeah. I read some stuff about Boo, Bo Boo Diddley. I read some stuff about Bo Diddley as well. I haven't found that out, which is quite interesting, but not relevant here, really. So do your own research on Bo Diddley mm. if, you've, if you're interested. Juicy. One other thing that I found out that was new to me. The game is a side-scrolling platformer, sort of standard... In fact, probably set the standard to some extent, the Mario games for side-scrolling platformers. It was originally, Super Mario Bros. 3, considered to be top-down, like Zelda. Really? I know. I know. It blew my mind. I don't even know how, how, how they do it or How would that work? What. I don't know. I assume it would have been completely different.
1: You mentioned Gremlins earlier. That was, I suppose, a top-down yeah, platform, it was like wasn't a top-down it? Yeah,
0: isometric type thing, yeah.
1: But we struggle with the precision of that, which is integral to Mario, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, Yeah. But wow. they did the same thing with Zelda, didn't they? So they took mm. The Legend of Zelda, which was top-down, and Zelda 2 was a side-scrolling Transcroll, adventure yeah. game. So wow. I imagine that they were trying to innovate and iterate on what they'd yeah. already come up with to try and find a, an even better formula or give their people something new.
1: Or maybe an alternate universe somewhere people are enjoying Super Mario 3 as a isometric platform. I'm not sure I'd particularly be on board with that, but... No. I don't know.
0: Well, I I don't know. It depends what it ended up being, but mm. we'll never, ever know. We've just got that tantalizing little bit of information. That I mean, came
1: I suppose as, as a comparison you've got in terms of Sonic, you've got Sonic 3D, which...
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Brilliant. You know. Like every other Sonic game, I suppose. Yeah. Who yeah. was your favorite or least favorite, maybe better uh, way to put it, enemy in Super Mario Bros. 3? Did you, did you have one? One is standing out for me, or always.
1: Bloopers. Pain. Really? Yeah, that's just because I have an innate dislike of underwater levels. Oh, right, okay. Is it, is it pokies, the, the, the cactus creatures?
0: Um, I thought... I, don't, I can't remember what they're called. I don't know that they are called pokies. The ones
1: that fire the parts of their body at you, so they end up just being a little head that wiggles along yes, the floor. You yeah. know. I don't uh, know what they're called. No. Which one's yours, the, then? The Angry Sun oh. in the desert levels. Yes, I forgot about
0: that. I hated it. I used to get to that level and... Puma pants.
1: He's got the screaming ab dabs. I
0: used to get properly stressed about it, yeah. <laughs> and I'd just bolt straight as fast as I could across that level.
1: It's quite as a concept, like the fact that the sun is angry and chasing you and it's gonna get you, it's quite a harrowing idea, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It was a harrowing experience. I don't know who came up with it, but they deserve to be fired. <laughs> really was it was horrible Fair. it was it was a really good game except for that level those levels where the the sun chased you cuz you don't use the warp whistle to skip them probably yeah but uh, part of me one of the things that i like to do with that game i like using the warp whistles but i also like to experience the levels so one of the things that i wanted to do was play every level Mm-hmm. I never managed it.
1: I always like to think it's the fifth world where you've got the the boot power-up. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. great. And then great. you can walk on top of those black yeah. snappy things. that uh, There's like a mm. whole layer of them and you can just walk along. That's the Goomba shoe, I think. Right. I think there's a Goomba in it before you take it off. Yeah, it.
1: that sounds familiar. But
0: why he's riding about in a shoe?
1: And. Super Mario 3 was one with the statue power as well, wasn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. The Tanuki yeah. St- statue. Yeah. So um, that's something that I was going to talk about, but I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking that maybe we should jump into the game. But variation is is huge in this game. The amount that they managed to cram in is, is just obscene, really. Uh, but we can pick that up again in the second half, I guess, after we've actually experienced some of that for ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds great. So yeah, we'll see you in a moment. Well and truly stuck into that game.
1: Yeah, I really did. Uh, that was amazing. 10 out of 10. Best game ever.
0: Excellent. We can finish the podcast there. Then. Yeah, <laughs> The whole series can, can be done. That's it, yeah. We found the game.
1: No more. No more this game where.
0: One of the things that obviously we missed out on in the 90s when we were playing these games was obviously, I don't know about you actually, I I certainly missed out on it. The criticism, the reviews, I obviously didn't have any access to reviews in the way that we do now it's dead easy to get older reviews these days for games
1: the only reviews I had access to were those that were published in the Sega magazines I read so I would never have seen any reviews for this game at all plus it came out you know when I was about five so
0: I was looking at reviews and I I was wondering actually what they whether they would be favorable or not because obviously we were at the dawn of the SNES when this came out and I wondered how people would compare it to its uh, betters or or not Right. In terms of Super Mario World,
1: I really hope reviews were favourable towards this because if they weren't, they.
0: Yeah, they were hugely favourable. Good. They were getting hundred, hundreds out of hundreds uh, across the board, pretty much. Um, the reviews I could actually find were by Computer and Video Game Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of that one?
1: yes and i uh, used to collect computer and video games magazine in the u k really i used to, i collected it for a time and I won a competition to go and visit their offices in london really yeah how was that uh it was a competition uh sponsored by uh boost chocolate bars
0: <laughs> right okay and that was the nineties for you
1: uh it was two thousand and one yeah I went to visit them. So it was just some competition, um, and which I just randomly entered. I think it was – I can't remember. I think maybe you just have to write your name and just say, yeah, I want to come. And I won a trip down to their offices in London. And I sat – I took a friend, and we sat in their special little reviews room, which had you know all the consoles all hooked up to a telly. And Who we did you sat, meet
0: down there? Do you remember?
1: What, from the magazine? Yeah. I, I met a guy called Lee Skittrell. Yeah who I looked up on Twitter a few years ago and is still active in the games journalism community. All right. Um I went had looked around the offices and just sat and playing some games like some review copies that had been sent. Uh, I think and they gave me like a load of copies. Oh, here you go, here's some review copies and games like Dino Crisis two, siphon filter. Uh, and then what they, gave you them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, review copies they had no use for because the game had come out yeah you know, months prior to that. Yeah. For yeah. the PS one. And then we went out for tea at Planet Hollywood.
0: What you and all them?
1: Uh, me and my friend and my family, who had gone off around London for the day while we were there, and two people from the magazine. Uh, and then I won this massive box of Boost chocolate bars.
0: You win everything, don't you?
1: Yeah, I, I was realizing while I was saying that, that uh, that's the third competition I've talked about winning. I can't think I of any <laughs> of any other competitions I've ever won, but those i I've those told three... you about
0: the only thing that I've ever won in my lifetime, haven't I? What was that? The Super uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mighty Max rip-off. Toy that I wanted in a Beano.
1: I don't think you have, no.
0: <sighs> I I used to, uh, not collect, I used to buy the Beano once in a while. And when I was staying at my dad's house, I bought a Beano down the shop and brought it home. It had this little scratch card in and it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle scratch card. Trying to get you hooked early, clearly. Of course scratched it off and matched three symbols, which means that I won a, like this, do you remember what Mighty Max is? Like a Polly Pocket for yeah, boys.
1: Yeah, it Polly Pocket aimed at boys, wasn't it? It was really gender yeah.
0: stereotyped. So I won this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed Polly Pocket, which, oh, oh, Mighty Max, which was a turtle that opened up, you opened up the shell and it had the sewers and a little version of Splinter and uh, the, the turtles in there. All of them. So I won that. I was dead excited, told my dad. Uh, and he told me to give him the scratch card, he'd get it sent off, and then the the toy never materialised. And then suddenly I got one for Christmas that year. Oh. And my dad had kept it and gave me it for Christmas.
1: Uh, at <laughs> least you got it.
0: That's the only thing that I've ever won. The only thing. <laughs> and you, you're like, yeah, I won a trip to Florida, I won boost bars i went to planet hollywood <laughs> with all my mates from cvg i'm like what cvg I, all i've had is the Bino in my entire life i just knew about the Bino. please sir can I there have are some other more? magazines yeah exactly
1: you won the competition as to who t- could tell the saddest story though so you won that too yeah,
0: i could i could win that
1: <laughs> hands down
0: day in day out i think
1: so so yeah i'm familiar with cvg <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so i was having a little look anyway and it's difficult sometimes to find the old stuff but it was dead worth it because there's a very 90s feel to reading magazines about video games mm-hmm. given that everything's just so accessible on the internet these days and i was reading these articles by uh, in cvg in another magazine that i think was short-lived called mean machines oh yeah i think that was a U- yeah. uk-based
1: I once bought an issue of Me Machines on a whim because it had a free bag of Flaming Hot Monster munch mounted on the front, and that was enough to persuade <laughs> me to buy the magazine. Yeah, Surely the magazine like cost more uh, than just buying a bag by themselves. I think there was it was like a limited edition run or something, or just some way to get them. But uh, yeah,
0: it's probably a new flavour or something,
1: something like that. Damn good flavour though, Flaming Heart.
0: Those were the two magazines that I found that I could uh, read, and it was quite interesting and shocking and strange. Because they had like three-page pull-out reviews or reviews of Super Mario Bros. 3, as you might expect. But for the most part, the reviews were actually just a massive, massive advertisement. It was breaking down everything that was in the game and telling you all about um, the different mechanics that are new in the game and all this. And then the actual review part for CBG in particular just boiled down to what is two paragraphs, maybe of 200 words each. So over the wow. course of three pages, there were just these little inserts, uh, two different people talking about why they like the game. And I was a bit shocked and appalled. And then I realized that actually I'm talking from 2020, when mm-hmm. everything is accessible, as yeah. I said, on the internet. And if I want to know about a game, I can find out about a game. And usually a few months at least before it comes out, I can have a fair idea about what that game is and what how it plays and the, the different new things in it without spending a penny for one yeah but in the 1990s and and the 80s what did they rely on they they didn't have the internet so they had to buy these magazines they were buying these magazines basically to find out what the game was It's
1: just a blurb and then printing these advertorials that basically were just extended adverts for the games anyway yeah
0: yeah, they are. And I i was I was knocking them for that, but actually I think that they were probably providing a necessary service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were giving information over to the player about the game that they were interested in buying.
1: I think my main way I found out about new games really was watching Games Master, which, again, has fallen by the wayside because it's been superseded by YouTube, but it's completely Precisely. the same thing, isn't it? It
0: is, yeah. It absolutely is. So, I, I've Found in, I've got a newfound respect for all of these sort of advertorial style articles that you you look back in these magazines and find. I'm I'm thinking that maybe they were doing a a service rather than a disservice.
1: I remember discussing this during the Stargate episode at Christmas because I found a scan from Me Machines about Stargate and it was damning it, and then at the end it had like a sixty five percent rating or something. Well, yeah, it's very a strange. Game isn't that good why is it then still getting 65% but you still get out these days don't you as well
0: what another one that I found I actually I looked for in general I looked to see if I could find the actual magazines that had been scanned in for anyone that is interested in that sort of thing archive.org is an amazing resource for anything like that if you've got a particular interest that that spans that goes back a little bit whether it's physical media like these magazines or whether it's digital stuff like you know spectrum games or or something Chances are you will be able to find some quite obscure stuff on, on archive.org. It's a real good resource. Yeah. Um, and that's where I found some of these scans. The other one that I found, I couldn't find the scan of it, but it was Total. Was it Total? No, it was Force, which I think is Nintendo Force magazine. So I looked in general for ones that I could find, but I also looked to see what the lowest review score I could find was, and it was a 74, <laughs> and it was from Nintendo Force. Great. Um, everyone else was like in the 90s and up. And and Nintendo Force, for some reason, gave it a 74. But at the same time, as you say about Mean Machines and Stargate, they gave a real glowing report of the game.
1: So what was the beast that, that not 26 off?
0: No idea. No idea. Irrational. Not, not a clue. It was a real trip back in time, though. I haven't read one of these magazines for so long. And they are they are really gaudy mm. and strange, in a way. They feel very, knowing the sort of level, the calibre of journalism that happens around games now reading these articles is a bit cringy to be honest but fun at the same time so bearing in mind that this is contemporaneous in some ways to super mario world they their review part of it says in some aspects is even better than the super famicom game don't know why they call it super famicom game um meaning super mario world and in the playability department it makes sega's sonic look poor by comparison so there we no. are. I mean, in the in the long-running saga of Mario against uh, versus Sonic, Mario f- for the win. <laughs> it seems.
1: I see what you were taking shots at him back in ninety one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we we know it's true as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to the reviews that I read. They tend to pick up on the level design and the difficulty level. The fact that the difficulty level ramps up. At a reasonable pace and Definitely. is is well pitched.
1: We said about the levels being very short, weren't they? Yeah, the, they little are. Little very bursts of size. action mm. that were all very different to each other as well, or not very different to each other, but there was variety. So one level you're doing this, the next level you're doing that, and it there was a very... level of
0: novelty, is how yeah. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. even though you pointed out actually that the desert land had a level that had the same music and the same style of platforming. As one of the first level, uh, one of the levels in the first land. Yeah. And you're right. But then they added like a little extra twist. So in that level, it was the sand, the quicksand that would drag you down into the depths. And similarly, in the first castle, didn't have thwomps. But in the second castle, you did have thwomps. So they were adding things as you went. And it provided this level of novelty that was just constant. I think
1: as well, pulling the rug out from underneath your feet, wasn't it? Like you you're your comfort zone yeah, and suddenly before. there's a twist and it's changed in some way, which I, I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, you got a good way through the first two lands and then we used some of the warp puzzles to jump around the rest of the worlds. But actually, for those first two lands, it was pretty solidly new thing after new thing after new yeah, thing. It and it it was building and building and building this repertoire of, of
1: the new. And I was an absolute blast playing through those two worlds as well, two lands, whatever you want to call them. I would yeah. genuinely play through this again i will be yeah. playing through this again i really, really enjoyed flew playing as that. well
0: it did i, I felt if uh, the time just went by like nothing and that's really the sign of a good game when you end up getting lost like that definitely it. one of the things that the reviewers for mean machines said and i want to know what you think to this they said that the presentation of the game was too simple
1: what's the representation to me like the the level i think they select? mean
0: graphical presentation
1: we both commented on how Completely the opposite. Yeah, I couldn't believe this game came out on a NES, which had had Mario One a few years yeah. previous. And Mario One is the iconic Mario that's all pixelated. In this game, he's mm. he's got a round tummy. He's cutesy, almost I suppose, that's a yeah. better word. He's, he, he's he got looks, a vivid
0: moustache. Yeah, you could um, stroke it
1: <laughs> if you if the if uh, you fancy tucky. Yeah, okay. I couldn't believe it. I thought the presentation of this was stunning.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, and that was my gut when I read the Me Machines. Reviewer saying that I thought, well, I'm not sure we were playing the same game.
1: I think they're just grabbing it, clutching at straws for something to it's say. It's strange the because
0: they gave such a glowing review, and that was almost like their token yeah. one one negative thing to say. But everything else they said, they said about how all the things that I've said, and then the excellent sound design, which I sort of alluded to in the first half of the podcast. But get yeah, the music,
1: it's is brilliant. Isn't I know. it
0: and by one man. Yeah. One man who said in the interviews afterwards that he struggled coming up for it with any music whatsoever for the game because he, he didn't know how to fit his motifs to the themes of the lands. And then he came out with all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So now kind of bits of music in it and just the way the music matches the levels, you... You've got a level set in rolling verdant hills where the music's quite joyous and bouncing. And then there's a level that's underground where the music's quite moody. And the mm. levels on the warship was quite sinister Powerfully almost.
0: war-esque, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They've captured an element of almost like a war film. If you think about Definitely. The, the soundtracks of war films, being on the warship, the music really captures that feeling, that sense.
1: grim determination of overcoming it. Yeah, which I know exactly sounds that. really poncy, but... Uh, no, but it's how true. We, I, I think it is true. Yeah.
0: And it's so, again, it, there's so much variation to it. So from world to world, the overworld themes that were lovely. My favorite is the Iceland or whatever it's called theme, which is very sort of twinkly and sounds like, to me, it sounds like crystal shattering. Yeah. You know, it's it's fantastic.
1: I did you thinking though, we said Iceland. I just dig you thinking of, you know, chest freezers and... Iceland, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, is it called Iceland? Or yeah, is it, it is. Yeah. It is called Iceland. Yeah. So the the intonation on that one is important for anyone Definitely. living in the UK, not Iceland. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Koji Kondo deserves everybody's grace, I think, for what he did on this game and many others.
1: You showed me as well how this game has Mario 1, is it? Or the arcade version of the first yeah, Mario so the game arcade in it as is, well?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers was an arcade game. And that's where they started out really. Everyone must be familiar with it. It's a a versus game where one of you is Mario, one of you is Luigi or Red and Green. There are uh, spiky tortoises and enemies coming. Spineys, that's the one. Uh, There are enemies coming out of pipes at the top and you have to collect those enemies by knocking them upside down and kicking them out off the screen. First of five wins. It's really fun. It's where Mario started and Super Mario Brothers 3 just bundles it in as like a little hidden extra. On the on the overworld,
1: I always thought it was just a little game at the start. I genuinely did not know that it was the Mario arcade game. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting to me anyway that that is there. Obviously, when I was playing this as a five year old, I wasn't aware of the heritage of it, and the heritage wasn't that long. But they were already paying service to it in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. a way that the player can engage with, and that's something that I think has continued right throughout the entire his- uh, series of Mario games, Definitely. right up until Super Mario Odyssey. Which, if you haven't played Super Mario Odyssey, there are these moments in the game where you play a two D Mario world, uh, sorry, Mario Bros style of um, of Mario game within three D spaces that you you navigate,
1: otherwise just one level of it but it's still what, what do you mean it's just one level isn't it it's not like you're playing through the full game it's just the first you know world 1-1 of mario 1 you play through
0: what in mario odyssey hmm. i think we're thinking different things so
1: oh i'm thinking of the bit in um in the metro kingdom but you're thinking how like where you jump in like and suddenly like a whole cliff you, you're you inside the cliff absolutely yeah so yeah sorry i misunderstood the, what you meant yeah.
0: the desert world you, you yeah. climb up the tower in yes. a 2D version of Mario and that's that's peppered throughout the game and it's it's pitched perfectly as far as I'm concerned and as, as a homage or a tribute to the history of Mario it's the perfect way to do it. We usually wrap things up by talking about who this is for and I usually give the very inane pointless answer of everyone because I generally I'm bringing games to this podcast that I feel everyone should play for the most part except Little Nemo which was the complete opposite and I said no one no one should play this game no uh, but this one genuinely is one for everyone Mm. and I mean that in a very distinct way as well if you're my age and you are getting into games now then you should go back and treat yourself to the heritage, that is Super Mario Bros. 3.
1: So that's early 30s, just for clarification. Man. Yeah,
0: sorry, 32. Or, or younger, you know, whatever age you are, really. But specifically, where I really think this game should be is it should be in the in every parent's mind if they are interested in getting their kids into games, because this is the perfect start. It, it's, it's 2D. It's challenging, but not too challenging. And it teaches a lot of skills that become relevant in more complex games and it does so in a simple and stratified way yeah we were talking off mic about how this game sort of it instructs you without actually saying without using words so one of the good examples that chris pointed out was that when you first get a raccoon suit when you collect that power in the first level it leads you to try and fly with a line of a line of coins disappearing into the sky and there's Those sorts of intuitive gestures that are trying to lead you in a certain direction without specifically saying, do this. So in terms of getting kids ready to play more complex games, if you're interested in playing games with your child or or getting your child into playing games in some way, then this is a brilliant place to start because it's simple but challenging. Never too difficult that a child won't be able to rise to the challenge. So yeah, that's, that's where I would pitch this game these days. I'd pitch it to parents and kids. It's so easy to access these days as well, because for, what is it, £17 on Nintendo Switch online, you get access to this and tens of other games on the NES and the SNES.
1: Yeah. So thank you for bringing that, Ashley. That was great. You're more than welcome. If you've enjoyed listening to us talk about Mario Brothers 3, uh, there are plenty of other episodes for you to download and listen to already. Uh, Come join us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, Instagram. I've got our YouTube channel where Ashley regularly uploads videos of all different things he's been doing, so please come join us there.
0: Mainly zoo stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much mainly zoo stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode, and we hope you continue to do so. Bye! Everybody, welcome. Oh fuck you me! I
1: sound I'm too drunk. <laughs> Do I? I <laughs>
0: oh no! Hello, everybody. Is that better? Much better. Hello, everybody. Welcome to. Did I sound drunk man?
1: He <laughs> said fine. Keep this in now. Oh. This next one. No, this bit. Like the hello, everybody. Does that sound not drunk? Keep, keep <laughs> it.